Hello everyone, and welcome to Power of Me, where I ask what positive change will you make today? And to remind you that before you can love others, you must be able to love yourself. Before you can do good in the world, you must do good for yourself. The Power of Me will help you with that goal. Write in and ask to be a guest. Share your experiences with what is keeping you up nights. Learn the key to relaxation and love through repetition and meditation. And listen to a bedtime story with a good moral. Thank you for joining me on The Power of Me today. Today, I have a guest, Dan, who is with me today. Dan, welcome on the show. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Dan, tell me, what does the power of me mean to you? You know, it's it's something that has taken me a really long time uh, to figure out what that means. Uh, growing up, I kind of grew up under some pretty rough conditions. And over time, it, it, it kind of was a, a very changing thing. It was something that I always tried to figure out. Um, so it's kind of gotten to the point now, through you know, different trials and tribulations, I've realized the power of me right, is the idea that if a particular situation is difficult, um, I have to be willing to understand that it's not permanent, right? And so for the power of me, the power of me is I need to do whatever it takes to get through a situation um, because there's always something better on the other side. That is so well worded. I love that. Let me ask you a couple of questions. So, Dan, I don't really know you personally. Did you grow up in a life of luxury? Um, y yes, and then no. So, I grew up um, when I was really little. My family was fairly affluent, um, and then probably when I entered middle school, uh, my mother was diagnosed with cancer. Um, and we had a cancer policy, but we went through it really quickly, right? So um, she was given six months to live. She turned it into five years, which is amazing. The problem is, is coming up with that money. So at the time, for a family of three, my brother had moved out at that point. Um, I think I was sixth grade, seventh grade, somewhere in there. Um, we had to go on state insurance because we, we hit cancer policy limits. Um, and in Missouri at the time, for a family of three, my father could only make $16,000 a year. So um, we went through savings and we, we tapped it all very quickly. So I went from you know a very large house, swimming pool, really to growing up my former, really formative years, um, living in, in essentially a shack. Um, most of the time we didn't have electricity, especially in the winter when because it was propane heat we couldn't afford propane um so we would have sometimes have to sleep in the living room next to the fireplace um, so yeah my life started out very privileged um, but then um, you know it took a turn for the other side and as bad as things got i definitely still see myself as lucky compared to so many people dan that breaks it really does break my heart you know from a couple of points of view, like losing your mom, 
I can't even imagine how devastating that is. And then a totally different life for you, you know, growing up and for your brother and for your dad. And yet you sound so positive and you sound like you have found the secret to to finding happiness, no matter what type of adversity comes your way. You know, I, I don't know if I found the secret. Um, you know, I, I think it's one of those things that it's definitely a journey as opposed to a destination. Um, so, of course, when, when my mom passed, uh, when she passed, it was my first day of my junior year of high school. And I, I think like any, any kid in that situation, um, I didn't know how to handle it. Right. Uh, and so while I saw my father collapse uh, mentally, my brother collapsed mentally, it felt like it didn't affect me. Um, and for the longest time, I struggled, right, as, as, because my mother and I were so close. I am proudly a mama's boy and always will be. Um, but I was, I didn't understand why I couldn't feel what I was feeling. I, yeah, I felt like I was fine. Um, and it kind of started, it was something that kind of bothered me for a while, but I was young. And, I, I, and, and then I started to realize, you know, not knowing what you feel and not feeling are two very um, And so it took time. And, and like any, any kind of kid in that situation, going through the stages of grief, when I first, when I finally do let myself feel it, when I get old enough and I'm mature enough to handle it, um, you know, I realized my brain was kind of protecting me. It was saying, we can't handle this right now. We'll come back to it when we can. Um, and so when I started to deal with it, largely in college, um, you know, I made all kinds of terrible decisions. Um, you know, I, I, obviously, I, I teach college now. Um, and so I, I, can, I can appreciate uh, you know, young people in that situation making some not great decisions, but I definitely made some ones that were you know, worse than most. Um, but, and here was the big thought. I was fortunate enough to have people in my life, whether it was institutions, professors, family members, members of the clergy, who still accept me, looked out for, for me when I was going through this, this time of, of, of struggle. Um, and so it was interesting, is, is kind of going from, from this, this time of struggle, uh, just having people around that were being supportive, right? Who understood that you know, sometimes we have to struggle. Sometimes you have to let people go through rough um, because, right? That's where I'm kind of getting to, to, to your point is because I think that's where right, uh, we learn strength, right? Is, is, is this idea of, of being positive or being happy or, 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 or looking forward to a future. It usually comes after a lot of hard work, a lot of, of suffering, a lot of bad decisions, right? And so that's why I say it's always a process, not a destination. Um, there are days that, yeah, they're still rough, but I can look back and say, wow, I've been through a lot worse than I've survived. Right? And so with that, that idea that you know, I'm not perfect and if I need to allow myself to struggle or if I need to allow myself to make mistakes, that's okay. I think that's one thing that we, we definitely do is, is we tend to put too much of an expectation on ourselves to be perfect. We're imperfect, and that's completely okay. 
That was so well said. And usually I do a lot of follow-up questions to see, you know, what are some tips and tricks to help people. But I don't think there's anything that I could really add to that that was really helpful, I think, to anybody who's listening to this. The idea of handling what you can, the idea of reaching out to your support network, to people who want to help you, whether it's it's somebody very close or the church, your faith. Um, I really do appreciate the time that you've afforded me and ask, is there anything that you wanted to add for anybody who may be struggling right now, whether it's with illness or addiction or loss of employment or anything where they feel like right now it's it's just something more than they can handle, uh, but they're not at the point where they have to, you know, seek out some type of emergency number or something like that. Absolutely. Um, so if you're not at the point where you need to seek out an emergency, I, I would never say uh, that the platitude of it'll be okay. Will it? Sure. Does that help in the moment? No. What I would tell anybody who's struggling or who's still physically safe or mentally safe, but is in a really hard, going through a really dark place, it's okay to feel what you're feeling. Right? It is completely fine. If you decide that, if, you know, if you can get yourself out of the house and if you can go, say, grocery shopping and you're grocery shopping and some song comes over the store speakers and it just causes you to melt down, that's fine, right? You don't have to apologize to anyone. You don't owe anybody donations. We all go hard times. So don't feel that feeling emotions, letting emotions out whether male, female, trans, it doesn't matter. What, whatever you feel, it's okay. It's valid. Don't run from it. Lean into it. That's beautiful. Thank you. And now for my listeners, I will read you a story to help you to fall asleep. Okay, are you ready? This one is called Dame Wiggins of Lee. Dame Wiggins of Lee was a worthy old soul, an heir threaded a knee or washed in a bowl. She held mice and rats in such antipathy that seven fine cats kept Dame Wiggins of Lee. The rats and mice scared by this fierce whiskered crew, the poor seven cats soon had nothing to do. So as soon as anyone idle she never loved to see, she sent them to school to Dame Wiggins Lee. The master soon wrote that they, all of them, knew how to read the word milk and to spell the word mew. And they all washed their faces before they took tea. Were there ever such dears, said Dame Wiggins of Lee. When springtime came back, they had breakfasts of curds and were greatly afraid of disturbing the birds. If you sit like good cats, all seven in a tree, they will teach you to sing, said Dame Wiggins of Lee. And so they sat in a tree and said, Beautiful, hark, and they listened and looked in the clouds for the lark. They sang by the fireside a song without words to Dame Wiggins of Lee, and they called the next day and wheeled a poor sick lamb home in a barrel. You shall have all a sum of the sprats for humanity, my seven good cats, said Dame Wiggins of Lee. 
and while she ran to the field to look for its dam, they were warming its bed for the poor sick lamb. They turned up the clothes, all as neat as could be. I shall never want a nurse, said Dame Lickens of Lee. She wished them good night and went up to bed, when lo, in the morning the cats were all flat. The dame's heart was nigh broken, so she sat down to weep when she saw them come back, each riding a sheep. The dame was unable her pleasure to smother to see the sick lamb jump up to its mother. The farmer soon heard where sheep went astray and arrived at dame's door with his faithful dog Trey. For the care of his lamb and their comical pranks, he gave them a ham and abundance of thanks. I wish you good day, my fellow, said he. My compliments pray to Dame Wiggins of Lee. And now, it's time to say good night. Sleep well. <laughs>